Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Have you done mascotting before? Yes, oh, yes this definitely. Is showing. Yeah, this is yeah. showing right now. Uh, <laughs> can you make a peacock sound? Do you know what a sound a peacock makes? Yeah, I, <laughs> that's, that's a chicken. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's right. We are NBC, the home of the peacock. We're not sure what the hell a peacock sounds like. It didn't sound like that. I know that. One thing I know, I'm not sure, but that wasn't a damn peacock, okay? What's up, everybody? It's Wild Card Weekend. It's Sunday night. Ahmed and Fareed is here Wait, to drive the... Ahmed and Fareed. Ahmed, Ahmed and I, but Ahmed <laughs> Fareed is where I was trying to go with that. Ahmed Fareed is here. It's 2420. Lions over Rams. Uh, we got a banged up Matthew Stafford going to the commercial break, right? So we're we're kind of on edge to see what happens here. But as usual, we're here to break down at least all the games that have happened to this point. We know we got two more on Monday, and of course we'll break them down later in the week. But we are here. Ahmed is feeling good right now. I'm feeling okay. He's a little I, nervous, but he's not like overly nervous. I would like our defense to be showing a little more resistance. Right. Did hold him to a field goal there. I don't want Matthew Stafford to be out because, no, as I've said many that. times on this podcast, right. he is my second favorite player of That's all time. Right. right. Uh, maybe Jared Goff will be my second favorite player <laughs> if they win this game here tonight. So they took him into the tent. So, as always, you guys know a little bit more than we do in real time, but I'm going to be distracted. I'm going to be perfectly I, honest. I, I hope you be... are. Own it. You're a Lions fan. You're wearing your Lions blue. Yes. And if I have to host a pod every now and then, I'll <laughs> do that, okay? So don't you worry. But, yeah, we got lots of good stuff to talk to. Yes. This one's been really good. And to your point, you know, yeah, I know you want your Lions defense to play better. Uh, the Rams defense is incapable so far of stopping the Lions. That's what worries me more than anything. As usual, we're seeing five people at the line of scrimmage, five D linemen. The Rams are trying to play five big people and then stop the pass game off of that. And within that, they're stopping nothing. So yeah. I do think they got to take a few chances. We'll see where it goes. We'll keep you updated, as usual, on the game that you know already. Yes. We'll give you the updates. So if you're looking for the updates of or like our analysis of Lions and Rams, just listen to the whole podcast because we will be giving it the whole podcast, basically. It's but an ongoing we, thing. We do have three games that are final. We would have had another game. It would have been Bills and Steelers, but right. that game got moved to I, Monday. And I'm glad snow. it did. I'm happy it got moved. I mean, tomorrow is MLK Day. That's I mean, true. You know, We're off. I got, well, well I got to work in the morning, oh, right? right? But I am excited that, you know, like, I, the afternoon I can sit down like a normal human seeing a doubleheader. I'm excited for that. Hopefully the, the snow was cleared out a little bit in Buffalo. That was crazy weather. Uh, but we'll see. And then on top of that, what does a peacock sound like? Yeah, good, good call. Because yeah, said- Pete said he had a sound of what the peacock sounded like, and I'd actually like to know. I think it's more of a yell, but I'm not sure about that. All right, Pete, can we play it? Yeah. It's like a, like a hawk? Yeah. 
something like that. Hello. Yeah. I don't know what you would say it's like, but it's it's certainly not what Morgan tried to do in her peacock. <laughs> it's not a chicken. It's, it's like not. it's like a bird with a little more bass. A little more bass and then gets the real cock. Yeah. It's pretty good. So yeah. uh, I, I like I feel like I've heard that before and I'm like, I don't know. I've been in South Florida before in some of those neighborhoods like Coral Gables or damn, there's another one I'm blanking on where they like walk around freely. They're everywhere. Yeah. Um and you'll hear those noises, and I now I know where the hell that noise is coming from. Pete says there are tons in the Bronx Zoo, so you hear them all over the place if you go there. Uh, you just go to the Bronx. But Come now, to the tropical Bronx, but, and you'll hear now, the peacocks. Now I know why we use the uh, the chimes instead of the peacock. I don't think that would work quite as well here. Right. Uh, looks oh. like the Lions are going to have to play. Lions Although Jared are, Goff is trying to roll for a first down. So, I mean, we, this, they, neither defense could stop the other team's offense, and here we are now. The Lions are going to yeah. go three drives with only scoring one field goal, and – the same thing for the all, and same thing for the Rams. And are they about to go for it here? No way. No, they're on their own forty. So I, I don't yeah, think so. I, you're, you like to bite kneecaps in Detroit. I'm not sure. I don't know. They had a very. It's going to be the end of the quarter, and he's going to be able to think about this. But they yeah. showed. Yeah, it looked like he tripped over his own guy, took the sack. But we're going to see when they come back from this commercial break. We are going to let you know it's fourth and seven, and uh, Dan Campbell might be going crazy. You better not do that whole try to get him to jump off sides to make it fourth and two because that that w- I would disown you'll, Dan. You'll Dan start Campbell. rooting for the Rams. I'll root for the happens. Rams if they do that. <laughs> All right, we're not going to be distracted. We're not going to be distracted. Let's start off with the game that is final. Yeah, from this Sunday, the shocker, the shocker of all shockers in the playoffs so far. We've only had three games. Yeah, but this is the shocker. Right. The number two seed Cowboys are done. Yeah. The number seven seed Packers. The first time in the history of the NFL a seven seed has won a game. Right. Never happened before. Yeah. Packers didn't just win. They blew them out. Blew them out. And this game ended 48-32. It wasn't 48-32 close. No, it wasn't close. It's more like 48-20, 48-17 type of football game, honestly. So, like, I'll let you go either way. I'll let you go Packers love or I'll let you go Cowboys hate. What hits strongest for you? I will say this. You heard me say all day. I know I picked the Cowboys to win the football game. I said on my picks podcast, which I know you listen to a lot of the times, I said if there was an upset to happen this weekend, that that was the game to be had, right? We always talk about, like, yeah, there's teams that are better, and we know that, but there's matchups, of course, that are just not always favorable even to the better team at times, right? And this was one where I looked at the Packers and went, okay, hey, there's some things that are in their favor. We always talk about the Dallas Cowboys and the ability to stop the run, right? They have a size problem. Green Bay's, we can run the ball really well, let alone they're creative at it, too. Aaron Jones is on fire the way he's playing, right? So there's that aspect. That's the first thing. The second thing that I was intrigued by was, one, Joe Barry, the deep coordinator of the Green Bay Packers, which I have looked at, and we know it's, it's not been a great defensive showing by them, especially the second half of the year. But Mike McCarthy, basic West Coast offense. Joe Barry was with me when I was with John Gruden, West Coast. He knows all those rules. He's been around a lot of West Coast guys, including McVay. So he knows the basic rules, and which is what Mike McCarthy does. Added on top of that, Matt LaFleur, head coach of the Green Bay Packers, he was on the staff with Dan Quinn down in Atlanta when, when he was the head coach and he was working for Shanahan as the offensive coordinator. So there was knowing of their system there. So I think between those two things, I'm mad that I was a chicken, right? Not the peacock, the chicken. Mm-hmm. And I didn't pick Green Bay, but there were some things there that I went, huh, I know Dallas is better and they're the two and this is the seven, but there are some things about this where I go, Green Bay could pose some problems. We know Dallas likes to play man-to-man. They got the receivers that can run in Green Bay, right? So where I'm going to start is Green Bay. I mean, Green Bay, are you kidding me? It's one of the best defenses in football this year, and they marched up and down the field on the Dallas Cowboys at will. 
I know the final stats are going to say Dallas outgained them by 95 yards. No, they didn't. Not when the game mattered. It didn't matter. Green Bay would have never been stopped all day long. They could have gone to seven, 800 yards. But, you know, I think it's Jordan Love and some of the big throws early on, right? Green, I felt like Dallas was playing the run, and he hit a few big throws, and then all of a sudden it was like, whoa, we can't overplay the run. Jordan Love in the pass game, they got a few answers for us here. Now we got to worry about the pass game. And then as that kind of went on, then it became, oh, no, now here comes a run game as well. And they started to just dominate in all phases of the football game. And, of course, we know Dak Prescott and company made a few mistakes and the Green Bay defense made a few big plays. But, yeah, uh, disappointing for Dallas. Yeah. 12-5, and five, three years in a row, three one and outs. And then this one here, it's a team that the training wheels were on Jordan Love. They were finding their footing for the first ten weeks of the year. Then they kind of got hot. They hit a little low. They got hot again at the end of the year. Dallas certainly didn't think Green Bay Packers, Jordan Love, young football team trying to kind of reignite themselves after Aaron Rodgers was going to come into town and just whoop their ass the way they did. There's so many ways we're going to go with this yeah. because there are so many interesting storylines on yeah, both sides. But right. let's go to Dam OK from 49ers701. says, Dam OK, Jordan Love. I think it's time to say you were not crazy for putting Love over Tua in your rookie class quarterback rankings. That was in 2020. Yeah. You had love over Tua. Yeah. And then your dad called you up and said, <laughs> yeah. switch it, Christopher. Well, there, there's, and, and, and I don't, <laughs> you know, and I thank you for the at love uh, at 49ers yeah. 701. I, I really do appreciate that, right? And that's to me, that's another, the deeper conversation of like, again, that's the hard thing about ranking the quarterbacks because you're like, well, one will be, this guy will be better in year one. Yeah. But if this guy continues to progress the way I think he will, when year three or four gets here, I think he has more of a ceiling, right? And that's where it was tough with Jordan Love because I saw things, as you know, at the time where I was like, damn, he makes some throws and some plays and Tua can't do that. Yeah. But there would be plays where you'd go, man, the mechanics are horrible, and how do you miss that throw or make that throw? Yeah. And, of course, Tua was a little more consistent, but no wow factor. Yeah, you make me choose who I want right now, you know who I'm choosing. I, it's Jordan I, I, Love for sure. You're not – I mean, like, I think at this point – I think it's almost everybody, This right? is what I say, too, about right. NFL analysts out there. Yeah. You either sound like Chris Sims or you will sound like Chris Sims <laughs> in the future. <laughs> you're, you're, um, you're nice. You're making because, me blush over here. But but seriously, on this, yeah. right, I, I don't think there's anyone after what we've seen in the playoffs, and we'll get to Miami and what they look like in cold weather again. Um, but it just seems like the high-end talent, and there's still plays that I'm sure Jordan, it's just like, oh, that's a little reckless. Yeah. But it's like he's turning into the guy where it's just like, you're like, yeah, let he it can rip. Make, he can let make it plays rip. and throws, right? You know, he can, he can make plays and throws that make us go, wow. He can make plays and throws where we go, wait, the defense played pretty good here, and he still got it in there, or he hung in the pocket, and you go, whoa, he's under pressure, and there's people there, and he's calm and cool and hangs on that back foot, right? He's got long arms, gigantic hands, so he can flick the ball, and he does not blink in the pocket with people around him. That's what I love about his game more than anything. Can he be more of a machine? Still, certainly, there's room to grow. But I, 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 like, I don't think I'm more proud of a human being in football right now than Jordan Love. I mean, come on. He was put in the toughest situation of football over the last three years. Mm -hmm. He had to sit behind a legend. I don't know if this guy's ever going to quit. He's going to be here forever. Yeah. And then he finally gets thrown in there, and it's like, hey, you better do good. You're replacing Aaron Rodgers. And it was a little shaky at first, but, man, he hung in there, and their offense is fun to watch, certainly. They got a toughness about their football team. And you heard me say maybe six or seven weeks ago when we kind of deep dove the Green Bay Packers offense for the first time – 
and I had the thought of like, man, what would this? What I mean, what would this offense would have looked like with Aaron Rodgers, right? Because they're not running oh the Aaron Rodgers offense anymore. They're running what Matt Lafleur does, and I love what Matt Lafleur does because it has, of course, a lot of that Shanahan, Mike McDaniel vibe of creativity, movement, a lot of plays that start off looking the same that are totally different, and there's checks and balances to everything. So it's extremely creative, way more creative than any offense Aaron Rodgers was ever involved in, but he had things the way he wanted done, done that way, and that's the way it was. But, man, Jordan Love, big-time throws under pressure today, big-time throws down the football field, and... We're going to talk about a game that was similar to this, in my opinion, later. The Texans-Browns game. Mm. One team took advantage of the other team's over-aggressiveness to such a – and you heard me saying it throughout the day – and Dallas never changed or kind of combated what they were being hit with there. Is the Wicks touchdown one of the the plays that you're thinking of here? So we got the dots for that. Okay, cool. Uh, Dontavian Wicks, twenty-yard touchdown. Um, this was on. This was on third and seven. Yeah, yeah that's third right. and seven. All-out blitz. Remember, they brought the all-out blitz. Wicks on the out. Wicks. This is a double post. So Wicks is on the inside slot here. He gets the wide departure release to Stephon Gilmore. Stephon Gilmore is going. Wait, we're blitzing seven people. They have to throw it fast, right? Okay, so he's not expecting them to be able to hold the ball and do whatever they got to do. And then on top of that, okay. Wicks at the top of the route makes a move like he's going to make the out route, right? Remember seeing that, Ahmed? And then he broke to the post. So Gilmore had no chance. But my point in what you're bringing up and helping me set up here is that Dallas, as you've everybody's heard me all year, it's not about like, oh, wow, they're so creative. i got to figure this out. It's kind of just dealing with the chaos up front, and you're going to get man-to-man most of the time in the back end. And Green Bay today was like, wait, they knew that was coming there. They were prepared for that. He saw the alignment by the defense, and he went, wait, I'm going to audible. I'm going to keep the tight end in now. Hey, tight end, you stay in and block. And they kind of had, you know, everybody picked up except for 14 Bell, who was a little free. And he hung in there on that back foot and threw the ball up into a safe spot in the middle of the field where Dontavian Wicks could catch the ball and nobody else could. And, yes, it was plays like that throughout the day, right? There was another play. Uh, about the over-aggressiveness. You're going to remember this when I kind of paint the picture for you, right? What do teams do to teams that play man-to-man all the time? They like to run those crossers, their yeah. rub routes, right? Remember the big play to Dobbs. They run a play-action pass. They, they, Dobbs starts to run the deep crosser. Stefan Gilmer's going, everybody runs deep crosser as on me all year. This is what people do to try to beat us man-to-man. So he starts to undercut it. They put the brakes on, and he works back out. And all of a sudden, Stefan Gilmer's like, what? But again, that's knowing what they're getting and having a game plan and being aggressive off of it, let alone we saw a number of other huge plays in the pass game that were like that. The Luke Musgrave 38-yard touchdown pass. What do you think that was? Dallas, they knew, was too over-aggressive. They knew the two linebackers in the middle would fuck it up and overplay the run, and the tight end snuck out the back door wide open for a touchdown. So, yeah, they used Dallas's aggressiveness against them today in a big way, and, and of course, you know, bit Dallas's ass pretty hard. Uh, Jam92 wants to give some love to that offensive line for the Packers. Yeah. Says, damn okay to that offensive line. As a Niners fan, I very much hope that Eric Armstead is healthy enough to play. That line was doing enough in the pass game and mauled in the run game. So Aaron Jones goes for 118 yards, three touchdowns. He's from El Paso, Ooh, went to Utah. That's right. And now Big he's got, job. He's Big got four, four career games versus Dallas. And he's tearing them up every time. Right? Nine touchdowns. That's incredible. Almost 500 yards. That's incredible. So good he, for him. Good for him is right, right? I mean, smaller running back. 
who nobody told him he's small, right? He's like he he thinks he's two fifty. He breaks a lot of tackles and he has game breaking speed, but you know uh, the 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 tough runs over the middle in the middle, you know, from our at Jam ninety two. I mean, you're exactly right. I mean, look at those numbers, I mean, right? I mean, it's incredible, and it's the runs up the middle yeah, where you go, oh wait, he's only going to get six or eight yards here, and then it's oh he got twelve, or oh he's going to get two yards, he gets six. It's all of those that start to add up, let alone he can, he's got great vision and he knows how to read the cutback lanes or when to bounce it out. And he's not too, he doesn't do it too much. He has the right touch, I guess is what I'm saying there. And then you add on top of that what our man at Jam92 is talking about. I love the Packers O-line. I really do. I think they got a chance to be one of the more special O-lines in football next year and going into the future. They got young talent. They got big guys. They can run the ball, as we know, and road grade a little bit. And they can pass protect. And the way they throw the ball down the field, the 49ers don't blitz. They're pretty creative. Yeah, I hear you at Jam 92. There'll be a handful trying to deal with, uh, you know, this this Packers offense and all the things that they do. Um, just We're just checking in on the Lions and Rams. The Rams are driving. Carving them up. And, yes, they are. They are running and throwing the ball all over the Lions defense right now. And if you're wondering why Amon isn't chiming in at moments is because his head is swaying back and forth. I'm listening. And he's listening, listening. And he's also going, oh, gosh, another 20-yard gain. Oh, another 8-yard run. And right now the Rams are at the 13-yard line, 936 left in the fourth quarter. It is first and 10. And you guys have done a pretty good job on this part of the field all day. So let's see if they can actually punch it in. Yeah, they have to some field right? goals here. And yeah. Negative play on first down. That's good. There right. we go. Right. That, that's, that's, the, that's the key right there. You know who didn't have a whole lot of negative plays? The well, Cowboys defense. Um, <laughs> Samuel, back, to, back to the point Samuel here. Tessier says, does the blowout loss by the Cowboys take Dan Quinn off of some head coaching opportunities? That defense looked defeated all night. So this is a discussion of, of Dan Quinn. This is a discussion of Mike McCarthy. Yeah. Is Let's this his last it. game there? Right. There are some around Dallas that know Dallas that yeah. think Dan Quinn maybe was the coach in waiting. Yeah. That Jerry Jones really likes some of the things. Right. They just gave up not 48 points because one was a – a pick six, right? So, yeah, for, over forty points, yeah, exactly, 42, forty-one, whatever. So they gave they gave a bunch of points here. Yeah. yeah, what do we think about the coaching situation in Dallas right now? Yeah, I, 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 um, I expect a drastic change now. Whether I don't know if that means Mike McCarthy, I think it's going to be Mike McCarthy. You know, I'm, you I'm think a, it's going to be him? I think he's going to be fired. I yeah. do. I, I have. If you made me just, you know, read, you know. In between the tea leaves and all that, yeah, go deep in between. Going deep those in there, right? I'm going real deep in there. It, it's it's yeah. That I would say, and he made me bet. I'd yell, Mike McCarthy will not be the head coach by the end of the week. I told you, or at least Florio earlier this week. You know, Belichick in Atlanta is a real thing, and people I know and trust around the NFL also think it's very it's on the radar for him and the Dallas Cowboys on yes. both sides. We'll see where that goes. My mind has made that a done deal. Yeah, I, like in my, it just you're, makes you're, too much sense. I hear you. The only thing I think that doesn't make sense is the people who know both of them go, wait, can they really work together? That's, I think, the only they thing. They like each other. They like each other as human beings, but working together, one guy's going to be like, hey, I'm the boss, and the other one's going to be like, oh, I'm the boss. Uh, what are you talking about? This yeah. is football. And he's going, no, 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 I'm Jerry Jones. This is my football team. But you know right? what? Yeah, and I, yeah. and I get that, yeah. right? But in these relationships, I mean, you're not thinking long-term here. You're thinking – one, two, like for Jerry, it's like we have a team now that can win. I agree. Right? It's not right. like you're, I'm handing over my team to Bill Belichick for the next 20 years. Right. It's just like, you know, he's getting up there. I'm getting up there. Let's come together and let's win one together. Right. Right. I, mean, I, 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 I think to your, to your point there, it is, um, 
Like, as much as I wonder about the personalities clashing. Like, I want control. No, I want control. I think there's, I kind of said this to you earlier, I think there's a desperation from the Jones family and Jerry who's getting up there in age where he might finally go, you know what? You know, just let me be a part of it. But get us right. Get us straight. Get us to win a get us to an NFC championship game. Something like that, right? And maybe he could like check his ego at the door a little bit and go, Okay, I'll let you do football. You got it. It's you. I might ask you to do some crazy business stuff because we're the Cowboys every now and then. Yeah. But that's where they can meet in the middle and we'll see where it goes from there. But to your point about all right, Dan Quinn and Mike McCarthy, right? And our and our question there from at, uh, at Samuel Tessier Tessier. I, I would say this. One, I didn't like Jerry Jones's comment early in the week. You heard me say that. Yeah. The fact that he was like, well, we're going to see, you know, how each week goes in the playoffs. Yeah. That, that took a lot of power away from your head coach going into a big playoff game. Hey, guys, like, you know, this guy that's your general, he might not be your general next year. I mean, there was already right? enough pressure on him. Exactly right. Let alone he's telling about the expectations of his football team and all that. I didn't like any of that. I thought that was um, stupid by Jerry Jones, for lack of a better way to say it. But the other thing that I think plays into this, and I said this to you at halftime of the football night in America, and the more I think about it, the more I'm happy that I said this, that if I'm in the locker room in Dallas, I'm not sure I believe in Mike McCarthy. I'm not. You know, again, I, I, if you're on the offensive side of the ball, you're going, yes, we put up good stats and yards and all that, but do we really do it against any of the good football teams, right? Those guys are smart enough and been around enough to go, these plays aren't that great. They're not that creative. And then, you know, the fact that they can't quite meet the expectations year in and year out and that they've lost, you know, what they're going to look at is, you know, three one-and-dones here. And I think they're going to look at it, too, and go, wait, you know, we probably should have won two out of those three or we felt like we were the better team on the football field in two out of those three. So that's where, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's not three and one and dones. I'm wrong about that. Last year they won one, and then they went to the 49ers and lost. He's he's one and three in the postseason with Dallas. That's right. That's what I meant to say. But either way, that's where I do question his effect and leadership on the locker room that way and whether they're going to believe in him. And we know that Mike McCarthy was kind of a social media memes, people want to jump on him for whatever reason type of guy anyways. So uh, that's that part of it. The Dan Quinn part of it? Listen, at Samuel Tessier, everything I know, Dan Quinn's got the inside track to become the head coach of the Seattle Seahawks, Mm. right? And I'm sure people in Seattle today who are making those decisions are going, wait, are we sure we want to hire Dan Quinn today? Because the first two or three bad games we have on defense next year, everyone's going to go, didn't you see the playoff game? You hired him after that playoff game? And I think that's fair, too. So I know there's a relationship there. There's still a lot of people there that were with Dan Quinn when he was the D coordinator of the Seattle Seahawks. But I would certainly think the powers to be in Seattle are going to be thinking twice tonight about, wait, do we really want to go all in on Dan Quinn? And the perception around him and how that looked on Sunday against Green Bay uh, is definitely dicey. And then there was Dak, too, which goes hand-in-hand here. I think Mike McCarthy, have we seen the last of him there? And it would be... Almost inconceivable that we've seen the last of Dak there in Dallas, but it. This is just such two years in a row of just like it doesn't matter what you do in the regular season; yeah. it's all about the postseason. Then here, Dak says after the game, he goes, "I suck tonight. That was it. We got it going a little bit late, but none of that mattered at that point. Fought. That's all I really know how to do. But it's about winning. It's about winning in the playoffs, getting to that last game, winning that as well. Yeah." tough i think we have the dots of his uh pick six darnell savage here too he had two picks in the game i mean he threw for over 400 yards to your point 
much of that came when the game was already exactly. wrapped up. I mean, he had to throw the ball 60 times in this game. The defense was terrible. Yeah. This was not like Dak Prescott's fault that they lost this game, but he is the highest profile player on the on the team and yep, highest paid player right and once again they're they're going home in the that's, postseason early that's right and and you know Dak had a great year right the Cowboys don't want to play this style of football we know that we talk about it all the time Dallas is kind of the team that likes to go up and we made some explosive plays on offense and we're up 10 nothing and now you're playing catch up and we have this great pass rush and that's just what we wanted you know, we're up by two scores, and now you have to throw a little more than you'd like to, and now Michael Parsons and Demarcus Lawrence are all over you all the time, right? That never, they never got in mode of that. So Dallas's defense never got the ability to go, like, hey, we can pin our ears back. They always were like, well, we still got to stop the run, and we got to respect that. But, you know, Dak Prescott, um, you know, uh, there was the two interceptions. And, again, I'm going to – one of them was his fault, okay? Out of the two – Jair Alexander, the first one, he made an incredible play. And on point to that, too, again, you've heard me make fun of this with Mike McCarthy and the Cowboys before. What route was it? Oh, the old slant route. You know, they go to those slant well way too much in Dallas. So Jair Alexander made a great play, a little hand fighting there, gets the interception. Now, can we go back to the dots there, Pete? Yeah. Because the dots on the pick six, now this is, this is Dak Prescott's fault. But it's an incredible play. That's what Devin McCourty. It's uh, an he, incredible he watches play. Deals. That's an uh, unbelievable play. And it, it, like, it doesn't appear to me. I'm like, okay, I guess. But so why let's, is it, why if is we it could incredible? slow it down here a little bit or maybe rewind. I don't know if you can do that or not, Pete. But, okay, so maybe like when this gets over and they get set up here. So, okay, so just pause it once it gets – when they get back lined up here so I can really explain it. So right here, pause it. See, right now, Ahmed, it's man-to-man across the board. And 26, even though he looks like he's playing like a cover two safety, yeah. he's going to roll down and cover number three. Okay, uh, Darnell yeah. Savage is going to cover three Brandon Cooks over the middle yep. and take him on the slant route. But as he's taking him on the slant route, he's disciplined. He's watching in the backfield with his eyes, and he's seeing Dak Prescott. Wait, he looked at my guy, and now he's looking across the field. And then again, it's a triple slant concept, which I hate. I just hate. I absolutely hate because teams that play Mike McCarthy and all this, they know he likes to go to this. And it's a typical West Coast scheme that they rely on when things aren't going well. Oh, this is safe. Let's run slant routes. We do this all the time in practice. Well, they know it too. And Savage, then as he's seeing Cooks and he's going, wait, I'm on him, but I'm seeing Dak's eyes move now to C.D. Lamb, and he knows, wait, that's C.D. Lamb. He wants to go there anyways. He comes off his guy. Let it play now, Pete. If you guys are watching here, you'll see. Mm-hmm. 26 comes oh. off as he reads the eyes yeah. and undercuts it. And now he goes, bam, to the house. See you later. Game over. And that was pretty much game over. You're right about that. If game 27-7 at half. And we went, well, Dallas gets the ball to start the first half. Let's see Second where it half, goes, yeah. right? Second half, excuse me. You know, can they make it 27-14 and start to make this a football game? Uh, they get held to a field goal, and then Green Bay answers right back and goes right down the field, an explosive nature, and scores another touchdown, and it was 34-10. And that was like, okay, now it's officially over. And that was kind of all she wrote, and it was just playing catch-up from that point on for Dallas and throwing the ball and prevent defense from Green Bay. Like, I don't even know how you would move on from Dak, but it just seems like there's – and I don't think they'd want to, right? He's still, in your mind, a top 10-ish quarterback in football, right? Definitely. Just led the NFL in passing touchdowns, I think. Yeah, so. yeah. He's a you, – you, you, like – 
if you can tell me they got some superstar bona fide person coming to town, yeah. then okay, fine. But Dak Prescott's really damn good. I am still a believer and you can win a Super Bowl with Dak Prescott. But you're right. There's this negative national perception that even seems like it creeps into Dallas a little bit there to where they want to blame him for everything. It's just think about how many, how much pressure is mounting each and every year on that playoff game. Yeah, I, I know. Right? I know. Well, that, and I think, too, that that's probably why they have to make the Mike McCarthy change. Because yeah. they're going to go. You said it earlier. You're like. If they go fourteen and three next year, we're all going to sit there and go. Well, I don't playoffs. I, this is, we'll see. They that's great. They're the best team in football. I don't. I'll believe it when I see it. If they can win this next one, right? Yeah. And that's where I think they're going to have to answer that. Dak Prescott is really damn good. You've heard what I've said. They don't run the ball that great. They're not that creative on offense. The the offense is one of the top in football because of Dak Prescott. His ability to hang in the pocket and throw the football down the field. I know he's not Mahomes or Josh Allen. He's not that, but he's still damn good. And here's one other thing I want to bring up. And mm-hmm. Pete reminded me, and I thought this was neat. The fact that the the Green Bay Packers, in the day and age of winning the coin toss and going, we'll kick off, we defer to the second half. Green Bay said, fuck that. We're going to get the ball. We like our offensive game plan. We're not going to let Dallas go up 7 nothing and play the game that we just talked about. Well, we're up now. Our pass rush, and we get crazy, and the stadium's crazy, and we get all the momentum, right? They snatched the momentum right from the start of the football game and made Dallas play a game where, whoa, you got to play catch-up? Have fun doing that. And they reversed the tables on him, and I thought that was a brilliant play by Matt LaFleur as well. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat. Protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. And yeah. Uh, all right. So just so I'll give it a... I mean, we were... It was just, nobody could stop the offenses in the first half. And here we are now. The Lions just had a third and four. Jared Goff tried to throw a tight back shoulder to the right. Lost control of the ball. Mm. And it kind of flew over the defender's God. head. Uh, receiver said Reynolds, excuse me. Uh, sailed uh, on him. Sailing on him. Wobbly. He throws a lot of wobblers, but yeah. usually they're accurate. Uh, but yeah, it's it's fourth and four. I be they. I was gonna say Rams better be in total defense here with Dan Campbell. He will fake a punt. Uh, but right now it is setting down. up. 
to the defense. It's got to be the defense, which is, like you mentioned, has played well in the red zone, but now it's a one-point game, so that doesn't even matter. Wow, what a punt. Oh. What a punt, though. They got the ball at their own eight-yard line they here. They got to get some pressure on the quarterback. All right, um, <laughs> last thing, to your point, yeah. on, on the offense yeah. and what they got going in, in Green Bay. The right. funniest thing of this whole thing is that if you're Aaron Rodgers out there and you could handpick your offense that you'd rather play in right now, without a doubt, it's the Green Bay Packers over the New York Jets. It's, without a doubt. It's, it's not even close. Offensive you, line. You, you heard me saying during the game a few times, I was like, what is Aaron Rodgers thinking watching this? Receivers. Like, is, right, right. The running back's still awesome. They got young guys on off defense that are really talented, and they're they're going to be stars, right? So yeah, and that's to me where I've told you before, Aaron Rodgers doesn't know what he doesn't know. He doesn't, you know. He wants things his way. He's been taught something this way, and he goes, "I just want it that way." And what I would just say is just uh, yeah, Matt Lafleur, his offense is way more creative than the Aaron Rodgers offense, certainly. So yeah, uh, I you know. I'm sure Aaron Rodgers had some appreciation for Jordan Love and what he did today, but I think in his heart of hearts, he was probably like, gosh, they won? I can't believe that, right? You know, without me, the first year, they just go down there and put on a show? Yeah. Right? That, that is a little blow to his ego for sure. Just do the redo. It's like we already have like parameters of what he's worth <laughs> just to swap it back and just see if that'll yeah, work. Well, Green Bay ain't going to do that now. Yeah, that's They're going to be like, wait, our guy is. He'll stand in here and throw lasers down the field him. all day. You could have that guy. All right, right, so the uh, Packers are moving on for the first time ever in NFL history. The seven seeds going on to play another game. Uh, we've seen this story before with the Kansas City Chiefs. They're getting in the postseason, and they are dominating, especially at home. And in cold weather, the Miami Dolphins had no chance. This game was on Peacock. As Mike Tirico said, 23 million people watched on Peacock. That's impressive. I got a lot of tweets of people saying they weren't going to sign up. Yeah, they, they missed they out. Did. They, they did. did. They, they probably they did. signed up. They, t- uh, they and, talked tough. And if you did and you didn't want to, we do appreciate that. We hope you enjoyed the game. We hope you had a fun time. Chris and I were a part of it with Devin and Jason Garrett on the call, and it was it was cool. We, I mean, like it was kind of like, to take people behind the curtain, as I like to do. Yeah, we got a big day for our company too. You know, we Huge. were kind of nervous. If pe- no one watched, we'd be gone. We, like no one would be. We'd we'd be finding new jobs. We had a there. lot of people in the building that aren't usually here that were here yesterday, right? Because <laughs> yeah. they were like, "Wait, this is a big deal to our company." Yeah. So it certainly was, right? And uh, it was a great look on TV because of how cold it was. Oh, my gosh. And, of course, it's Mahomes in Kansas City, which we know is special. And then it's, you know, the story about any team that comes from Florida, let alone the Dolphins and two and all that. Can they play in this cold weather and do all that? And, of course, the Taylor Swift element. Uh, <laughs> it, it was. It was great. It really was. And, uh, yeah, I think more people tuned in than they would like to admit. Uh, to that one, and and uh, you know, hopefully they got their five ninety nine money's worth. Out Absolutely, of that one. for one game, and now you get Big Ten basketball, and you also get Columbo every season of Columbo oh, too, and all the episodes. Right. So there's many reasons to continue. One to- more thing on top of that, I told my my aunt was like, oh, Peacock, I don't want to pay the five ninety nine. I yeah. was like, Wendy. All the dumb shit you spend six dollars on, I was like, you know, you're worried about this. I was like, well, just think about it. It's like you're contributing to the Christopher Sims Family Foundation, okay? And yeah. She's like, well, when you put it that way, okay, I'll do it. So she yeah. bought it too. I, I suckered her into it. So the second, the second big headline, obviously, outside of the game, streaming on Peacock, and we yeah. all made history together, your viewers and uh, and people on the telecast combined. Uh, the Chiefs looked awesome yeah. in this game. They That's handled right. the elements great. Right. I mean, it's really cool to see. This yeah. was football, and yeah. this was a bunch of football players, and it was Patrick Mahomes saying, I'm not affected by it. Right. It was Rasheed Rice saying, I'm not affected by it. And it was Isaiah Pacheco being like, I didn't even know it was cold out. <laughs> I just was running the way <laughs> right. I normally run out here. Yeah. Right. It was just a team 
that looked bigger and better on defense too with the Chiefs. Yep. A team that wanted to be there was a was a football team versus a Miami Dolphins team that was like banged up. Yes, and I want to give that the banged up. Yes, but also after a while looked like well we don't we don't want to. They do want this to anymore. play in a show. They want to be let's go on a show. Let's have fun. Let's Broadway. Look at all these big plays. I don't know if they always want to play in like gritty you know what I would say phone booth tough hard nosed gritty football right. They like it when it's like a seven on seven football game. The one thing, and I know you've heard me say this and all the listeners, the, the, the Chiefs will never get credit for how tough and physical they are as a football team, right? But I think you saw that. And there's a physicality in the game itself that you could see pretty much early on that Miami couldn't match it, right? Now, the Kansas City Chiefs, as we know too, right, the kings of kind of messing things up early on in the football game where I was like, oh, gosh, here go the Chiefs again, right, should be up 27-7, to and here it was like 10-7 late in the second quarter, and you're like, are you kidding me? They're dominating the football game. I mean, we had the Kelsey dropped, you know, all-out blitz that should have been a touchdown, a screen pass that should have been a touchdown, and the guy blocked him in the back even though the guy wasn't going to make the tackle anyways. McCole Hardman can't see the ball. It literally, like, fell right at his feet, right? So they did some stupid shit like always, but I do think they embraced with who they were a little bit and kind of said, wait, let's play defense. We'll run the ball. Mahomes will throw some screens out here. We'll control the clock. And then Mahomes will make a few magical plays, and that's all we need to be. That's a tough playoff football formula. It doesn't need to be much more complicated than that. Oh, my gosh. Hunter Higby's leg might just be broken. I mean, his face might be broken, too. His back might be broken. They went to the bootleg. He tried to throw the crosser. He got hit low right in the knee. Oh, man. And it's bad. And I don't want to – you tell me. I can't look. I don't want to look. I mean, it was pretty bad. Yeah, don't look. Don't okay. look. Don't it's look. Like, I mean, it's 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 hyperextend- It's hyperextended. I mean, who knows? It it's might not have. But it's a knee. He's done either way. Shit. And, all right. Well, it could. Hopefully, it was like Laporta last week, where the knee bends the wrong way, but the guy can heal in five days, and you're like, holy shit. Oh man, oh, I was the- more worried about his head and his back. Oh man. Oh. Okay. All right. So all right. back to the game. Back Kansas to the City game. Kansas City and Miami. Yeah. I mean, we talk Kansas City, the physicality, the element. We yes. talk all the things we've talked about Miami, right, too. They, this Kansas City knows how to defend them. One, they never let the edge runs get going, right? Yep. You, you heard me all pregame and the pregame show, whatever, right? That's where the Dolphins want to run the ball. Go ahead. Want, let's, say let's, before we get to that side yeah. of the ball, I yeah. want to pause because I still okay. want to – let's hammer home on the offensive side okay, of the ball cool, because cool. there is a lot to get to on that I side know, of the ball, I the know. Chiefs' defensive side yeah. of the ball. Let's, uh, let's go inside the numbers powered by AWS. Let's look at Patrick Mahomes specifically here, a little bit more on him um, because the – Miami Dolphins were missing their top three edge rushers. This is uh, Next Gen Stats says the Dolphins used cover zero on 18 dropbacks. I mean, this was, this was you, fun from We were from talking we were watching the game, right? Tied for the second most in the game since 2018. Um, and Mahomes was not great versus it. It was just 7 of 18, 74 yards versus the other coverages. He had the touchdown. He had 188 yards. Here's his passing chart you can see right here. But it was it. I mean, like... Take us – what does that mean? They, they use cover zero right. on 18 dropbacks. We talked about it on the broadcast. Yeah. Vic Fangio was sending guys left right. and right every single play. Like, what was their strategy? He knew they had no chance unless they forced the issue and put some pressure on the Kansas City Chiefs a little bit. You know, with the injuries, like you mentioned, no Jalen Phillips, no Bradley Chubb, no Van Ginkle, right? Those are big deals. 
So they have no pass rush. When Mahomes and company, it was just a four-man pass rush. I mean, he could bake a cake, sell it down the street, then have a, a, a fucking iced tea stand somewhere, too. Right? I mean, it, so he had all day. So Vic Fangio finally, he saw that and was like, wait, 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 wait if he does that, we'll never get off the field. Mm-hmm. So he decided to force the hand a little bit. Let me pressure, right? Let me pressure. It might help the run defense a little bit. And then on top of that, yes, it's going to uh, make, we'll see if Mahomes and Andy Reid are all brushed up on their cover zero rules and what that is. And for all those out there who are going cover zero, I hear that all the time. What the hell is that? Cover zero means they're blitzing more than you can protect and there's basically no free safety in the middle of the field and it's just five one-on-ones with no help and they're thinking the blitz will get there so they don't have enough time to throw the ball down the field but smart quarterbacks smart coaches when they play in a team that they know that's part of their arsenal they have answers all the time and I think that's what we saw last night. Mahomes, such a general at the line of scrimmage, getting the protection set up and then knowing where to go. And not like you said, it wasn't like mind-blowing stats. They should have been better. They dropped some balls and whatever else. Well, yeah. But the main thing was they didn't let negative plays happen, right? They call in cover zero because he's going, we're out man tonight. Let's see if we can get him behind the chains a little bit a few times to get off the field. And that's where Mahomes was great is he never let that happen. The worst thing that happened is, okay, he threw it. It was incomplete, but it's still second and 10 or third and eight or whatever else. It wasn't third and 18 now, and now it's a totally different football game. Yeah. And that was the, the beauty of them having a plan there. I thought, I thought for Vic Fangio it was a great plan, right? Because even if you're, you know, you're one-on-one, guy's open, it's still windy, it's cold. It, there's higher chances of yeah, make a play, make Their a catch. Downfield issue all year. They yeah. haven't done things right. Listen, at some point, you got to just come to the realization and go, wait. If I just play my normal defense, we're going to die. Mm-hmm. So why don't I try something else and maybe we survive a little bit longer or make yeah. something happen? And I think that's basically what you know he came to the the uh, determination the of. Yeah, and it's so cold that we might die anyway. Was what they were thinking. That's right. Uh, fourth and fourteen now for the Rams. I think they might. Go for this. I don't think they should. They should punt it down there. Fourth and 14 is too much. If they punt it, they won't get the ball back. Well, they I'm calling might not. it right now. That's definitely the risk. Right? So I didn't. Was the hold? It, there was a hold. Yeah. They knocked him out of field goal on, range. It was, was it a hold? It was, was it a hold? Hutchinson. It was. It was a hold. Okay. Havenstein oh, held. There's a hold, too. Oh. You know. On Puka Nakua yeah, by Cam Sutton. It was definitely a little holding. Okay. Uh, definitely. But yeah, I, I think you punt the ball here. And to your point, like, yeah, Detroit, they could run the clock out here. I, you know, you're, this is one of those where you hope you can get a three and out, but if you don't get a three and out, mm-hmm. you have to become ultra-aggressive and basically get the stop or let them score a touchdown and then go, okay, we're down by eight, and now we got to score a touchdown and tie it up. But that's the decision that the Rams' defense might have to make. I'm nervous, all right? I picked the Rams to win this game. I'd like to be right, okay? I'd like to be right. Uh, I'm pissed that I still didn't pick yeah. the Packers to win, as I told you. Yes. And I'm on record yesterday with Cleveland's going to kind of control the Texans, and they lost, so I feel stupid right now. And that was inside the numbers powered by AWS <laughs> with, a, with a bonus We gave them their money's worth bonus there. update on the We're Rams not out of this Chiefs-Dolphins game yet, though. We're not out of no, this yet. No, we're definitely okay, not. We're okay. definitely not because we, go, we were inside the numbers right there. Now we go inside the helmet brought to you by <laughs> – who makes the helmet? Uh, the broken helmet? Yeah, inside the helmet. Um, yeah. Inside Patrick Mahomes' helmet. I mean, it was so cold 
that Patrick Mahomes lost a chunk of his I don't life. buy that shit at all. What do you mean? I don't buy the cold thing. What do you, the guy who hits less, least of anybody on the football field, his helmet couldn't take the cold, but fucking like Nick Bolton, the middle linebacker, who's <laughs> crushing people, his helmet's fine? Yeah. If you ask me what's the problem with his helmet, what do you think? right? It's that he's thrown it on the ground so many times throughout oh. the year being angry that it finally broke, okay? How many times have we seen them this year, him or Kelsey come off the sidelines, throw, slam the helmet on the ground, it bounces in the air? It, that, to me, would be the reason to think. I've never seen that happen. Yeah. And it's a quarterback. This is an Ironhead Hayward here. The structural integrity was compromised. It, that's, that's what I'm trying to say, right. Mm. But that was a pretty amazing moment because we were all like, wait, is that his helmet that just broke? And then, of course, it was. And, and then the and other then one was yeah, the other was one too frozen. tight. It was frozen, yeah. And he Oof. couldn't get it on. And it, so they had a guy get it warm a little bit at first, and then they finally got it done. And, uh, yeah, but Mahomes, I mean, what a, he's the man. Tough, hangs in there, big plays. Gets them organized on the offensive side of the ball. The Chiefs, as you see, and we'll talk about their defense here in a second, yeah. they're made for this right now, this playoff time of year. The way they play, and if they continue to stay true to this on the offensive side of the ball, they're going to be a tough out with this defense. Um, real quick, yeah. what would you have done in a game that cold? In a game that cold? Yeah, like how, how would you? You never played in a game that cold. Not that cold. In no. high school. High school, I played like. 10, 14 degrees, so right? Never negative 30-degree no. windshield. I would have I would have worn sleeves last night, yeah, right? me too. You know, I mean, <laughs> like, I, I, like I told you, I played in New England. It was 25. I wore no sleeves. But yeah. I was also trying to send a message to my Buccaneers football team that, hey, I know we're from Florida, but we can handle this, right? I would have worn just, again, I want to wear a sleeve that I still feel like I'm not constricted by my pads. Sure. That's the hard thing the quarterback has to go. It's like, yeah, you'd like to be warm, but I don't want to feel like I'm like in my snowsuit and I can't throw a football, right? So that's where the fine line, I would have been a little bit of sleeves and I would have been all over my equipment manager going like, I'm, as soon as I step on the white on the sideline, I better have the big fucking coat on me, like right away, along with the winter cap, yeah. right, to kind of trap the heat in right away, and then you just got to sit on the bench right away. Those benches, they will keep you warm. It is capable to stay warm if you're playing between the emotions and the intensity and all that to where you'd be shocked. You'd be sitting there in the second quarter going, I got a little sweat going. Even though, like, I'm on the sideline right now, I'm still warm. I'm ready to go. But you just got to be real diligent about all that you'd stuff. You'd have had hot hands, those oh, packets in your, in your pouch. Hot hands in the pouch. And you heard me talk about the big thing, too is when the the ball is cold it's slick so it's hard to like create moisture so you're constantly like ah, 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 trying to get you know air into your into your hands and whatever else and uh you know i think we saw both quarterbacks have some struggles gripping the football cleanly throughout the night some of the receivers had issues yeah. Rasheed rice was not one of those receivers no, he was eight not. catches a career high 130 yards and a touchdown uh, i think we have his receiving chart here he he was a dude he was a dude in this game. I get. I mean, I already kind of like Rasheed Rice. Yeah. I like him a whole lot more after watching yeah. him, you know, in the elements in this yeah. one and have, have his best game in the biggest game for the Chiefs so far. I think you're saying it right. He's a dude, right? Just tough. Seems like a football player. You know, catches the screen, lowers the shoulder, not afraid to take some contact and drive the pile forward. You know, runs through arm tackles. And, of course, has some, some speed to go along with it that, that, you know, makes him dangerous. But – uh, yeah, he certainly seems like he is, out of the receivers, the guy that's in the trust tree the most with Andy Reid and, and Mahomes and Matt Nagy right now. And, so it's yeah. good to see. It's good to see for him. Go ahead. What were you going to say? And what? 
No, I was going to get to the defense. You oh, wanted okay, to talk cool. about the defense yeah. a little yeah. bit. But I'll, I'll I'm with the... you on the Rasheed Rice, though, and yes. we'll see if they can continue that. And going to be interested to see who they end up having to play here in the next round. Mahomes doesn't need much. He needs Travis Kelsey to be a little bit better than he has been. He needs one other dude like Rasheed Rice here, and then whoever and is open to make a yeah, run game for yeah, sure. And right. then you know hit hit Watson no. or or MVS if he's open. That's all I'm Hulu, saying. You know? That's where I keep saying embrace the ugly. Yeah. Just play defense, run the ball. You're not going to throw for 380 this year. That's not going to happen, but this stat line right here is about what I would expect from them. You know, maybe not 23 for 41. They'd probably like 23 for 31. Yeah. And a little bit better run stats, um, but but either way, I think it was close to to what we would like to see from them, at least for them to be successful. T Y Z I nine four says, "Damn okay, Chiefs. If the defense can play like that, who knows where this team can go?" Thanks, homies. And then Henrique five says, "Damn okay, Legarius Sneed shutting down Hill and other wide receiver ones this season. Pro Bowl snub, but should get his bag next year. He allowed just two receptions for twenty yards." In two games this season, Snead has allowed one reception on eight combined targets to Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell, and he absolutely mauled Tyreek Hill on one. He like like Hill couldn't even get off the ground. He made my first team All Pro team. Mm. I voted for Legarius Snead. I mean, all year long he was phenomenal in every facet, whether it was man to man or zone tackling, whatever. He can play the slot. He can play outside. He can do it all. He's smart. You know, like I said, he he's not just a cover corner. He plays the run game the right way. That's the impressive thing about this Chiefs defense too. They're secondary, they're corners. You know, they take on blocks the right way. They understand when they have to set the edge and force the run back inside. They do a lot of good things like that. Uh, so yeah, that was impressive. And they understand, you know, that kind of that fine balance, fine line. What we talked about of like. Hey, we're going to be aggressive with Tyreek every now and then, but we're not going to live in that world because that's crazy. And we're going to change things up too. But the beauty, I think, of what their defense is, is, you know, like last night as we're watching the game, and you know I like to watch the sky cam because you can see the whole picture and everything there. I'm going, look, they're, they're playing too deep and stopping the run, right? And that's because, again, it's a – solid offensive line with Miami, but not a what I would just call a force yet, not a road-grading force. And that is a force on the front seven by the Chiefs. When Bolden and Gay are healthy, it is an incredible duo. We know how talented they are on the D-line. They're creative with even what they do up front to go along with that. And, yeah, Miami couldn't win the physical battle, let alone kind of sort out the chaos at times that Spagnuolo threw at them. So what about the Dolphins yeah, here? Right. And what about the Dolphins specifically offensively? Because defensively, I think you know you're missing Jalen Phillips, you're missing Bradley Chubb, yeah. Van Ginkle. I don't like, worry about them going in the future. Hundred percent. I like, don't. Those guys. Right. I don't know their contracts, but I think Phillips is Chubb and Phillips is young. He's still in the rookie contract. Yeah. Chubb they re-signed last year, so you don't have to worry about that. Van Ginkle, I'm not sure of his status. If they would have stayed healthy on the defensive side, they would have been a lot harder out Definitely. in this one. Definitely. They, they would have made life significantly harder for the Chiefs in this game. Uh, the offensive side is what. I want to see. Oh, Lions about to that might, whittle I mean, this that one just away. Might about end the game right they there. They got one timeout. Rams got one. T- I told you. Yeah. I, I called it. I said yeah. they wouldn't get the ball back. Yeah, that was big right there. Um, I'm feeling it now. I'm yeah. Hey, you should feel. Chest, it. So. You should. Hey, dude, your defense. Your yeah. defense holding them to field goals is going to win you the football game. I mean, that, that's really what it's all is going to come down to. The fact that what they've kicked. What is it? Three field goals. I will not curse, Pete. I will not three curse. Three field goals. Yeah. That was huge. And one of them they missed. You remember the Cooper Cup? He was open for a touchdown. He yes. missed it. I mean, that was a big moment in the game. All right, I'm still a little nervous as a Lions fan, lifelong of following the team. You just until the clock says zero, you're you're holding it in. But Pete asked me if I will curse if the Lions win. I will not do that, but I will be very happy. Dan Dan Campbell is cursing on our TV right now. Uh, real, let's get this in real quick. Yeah. 
Uh, Dolphins um, offense. Yeah. Tua. Right. Because eventually, in the in, unless you're going to play at home, which they could do. I mean, they've got pieces to you know get home field advantage throughout. Um, in the AFC, you're going to have to play on the road and a lot of cold places in January and December. Uh, is this offense and Tua, can they do that? I, I'm, I'm not sure about that. Uh, they, have to be, they have to be a tougher football team, right? That's the biggest thing. We talked about it really for the last seven or eight weeks of the year. Whenever a game got gritty or tough and didn't become a track meet, the Dolphins weren't good. The one game they won like that was the Dallas Cowboys, and I told you a bunch of times when they did that, I go, Dallas has the same problem. They're like Miami. They want to track me too. As soon as it gets tough phone booth football, they're not very good either. So I wasn't like, oh, Miami won one of those games. They're good. Right? So I worry about that. They, gotta get, they, gotta make, they really got to become a really good offensive line, a football team, to where I think they can rely on the run game more and not be so based around the pass game. And I think, you know, on top of that, yeah, they're going to have to make a decision about Tua. That's the big thing, Ahmed. The decision about Tua is going to be a big deal. What are they going to offer him? I would not offer Tua anywhere near top-of-the-market franchise quarterback money. I would make him an offer to be like, here's $28 million. Here's $25 million. Show me a team that's going to give you more than that. We're letting you be the starter, and it's $25 million. What do you want to do? Because I don't think there's going to be like teams out there going, oh, we'll pay Tua 40 I worry about Tua with all the things that you lined up. Mm -hmm. His arm is below average for an NFL starter to to begin with, right? He throws with good touch, but what choice does he have? He has to throw with good touch or he wouldn't be able to play quarterback in football. And then you saw last night the inability to throw the ball through the wind in the cold. The ball stood in the air for seven hours on every throw. You have to be concerned about that. That, to me, is why the prior regime, I don't think, wanted Tua in the long term. Because they were a bunch of New England coaches, and they were going, wait, if this guy has to go to New England in December or January, and we have to win a playoff game, we're not going to be able to do it. Right? So that's going to be the big, I think, talking point throughout the offseason, is what do they do with Tua, what do they pay him, uh, and what makes sense for their football team. But I do think that they got to become a tougher football team altogether. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Much more to discuss on the Dolphins throughout this offseason. What do they do? How, how do they get over this cold weather situation? But ladies and gentlemen, it is over. The Detroit <laughs> yeah. Lions have won a playoff game first time in 31 years. Jared Goff is... 24-23. My gosh. You called I said it. it. You I said called they it. wouldn't oh, get the ball I was, back. I got aggressive right then. I wow. felt it deep in my chest. Yeah, I was like, was, they ain't getting the ball back time. there. Well, that's my, that's my point, right? It's like if you're the Rams, right? You're like fourth and 14. I get it. That's a hard call to make. They've made three stops in a row. They have, right? yes. So that's where you're like, they can see, wait, wait, we've done it. And they barely made the first first down. Uh, you know, but good, good for for Detroit. I'm happy for them too. So what happened with that? They had one more timeout left. I thought they that the Lions would have to run at least one more or get a first down there. But I guess well, they call they let it bleed. They let it bleed to it. They called a timeout one, but then they still like it, it was down to like one, one, Then they threw a first down the first play. They threw and they a, got they. So then they had they called the timeout there. So they called the timeout before their first the last timeout they called. Before they even ran their last first down play, mm. so the game was over, right? Got it. He threw okay. the he Might threw the ball on first there. down and got the first down at the end of the game. Yeah, big time. I mean, Matthew Stafford, what a what a what a great gutty effort. I mean, his hand was bleeding, his rib maybe who knows broken or whatever. Um, so let's let's do this game. The Detroit Lions are moving on, and they're going to get another home game too because of what the Packers did. To uh, the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, so now we're at the the winner of tomorrow. The Eagles Bucks game will be in Detroit next week, and I think they're I mean, from when the rumors on the street. It sounds like we might be there too. We oh might be God. there too. We're gonna leave you here because you're a little too that. crazy. I can't and you're that. not a professional journalist. I wasn't, yeah. So we're gonna leave you. My here. My score was not right. <laughs> My team that I picked to win was right, fifty six to ten. That I did on the show. That was not right. That was not close. But I still got the right team. Um, Okay. Well, where do you want? To, oh, well, let's get to the the real part of this. First off, I mean the game was very even. Hundred you know, percent. I'm interested to see when I watch back the film what the Rams did in the second half to kind of slow down your Lions' offense, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, ultimately, the the Rams ended up with 90 more yards than the Lions did on the offensive side of the ball, right? But I think really the key to the football game more than anything was the red zone stops we talked about. You know, I looked at that and went. They won first down almost every time they were in there on the 10-yard line, and so they were always in second and 10, third and 10. Yeah. The one thing that I looked at, Stafford missed Cooper Cup that first time down there where they settled, I think, for the first field goal of the night. That was tough, but other than that, I didn't see other plays for them to have, and they couldn't run the ball once they got down there close to the end zone. They were 0 for 3 in the red zone. Okay. Lions were 3 for 3. Yeah, that's that's the difference in the football game, yeah. right? Uh, Lions, they pose problems for you. I mean, we know the defense isn't great. We got that. Uh, they're not. The thing I like about your defense, though, is you're not afraid to take some chances, which you have to do when you're not very good. Yep. You know, just don't die slow deaths, right? Remember how we used to talk about the Chiefs like a few years ago? Like, don't die slow deaths. You have a great offense. So, like, be, don't be afraid to blitz. And, okay, they made a big play, but your offense is back out there and at least we get in rhythm. All right, that's the one thing I do like about your defense. Even tonight, it looked like you probably played more man-to-man than you usually like to, but I think you guys probably looked at it and went, if we play zones, Stafford's just going to pick us apart the whole game. Yeah. So, yeah, we might get a few PIs or defensive holdings or whatever else, but we feel like we can challenge them that way. And they held them to 23 points that way. So that's encouraging. And I like the little splash of aggressiveness that Aaron Glenn calls on the defensive side of the ball. We know you could stop the run a little bit, you know, and, and you never let the Rams and Kyron Williams, I think, 
broke his hand or did something to his hand. Yeah. But the run game never really took off for the Rams, which is what they really wanted. Um, and, you know, ultimately I think it was the the cushion – you guys built for yourself there in the first half, and then the fact that your red zone defense were the things that kind of held down the fort and got you the victory. Yeah, Lions run game, 25 carries for 79 yards. just a three yards per carry average. That's not what they usually do no. uh, in these games. So the Rams did a good job there for sure. Um, the Lions were aggressive again. They got that fourth down Sam Laporta touchdown. Uh, this and this is the point that I made that I made to you earlier today. Yeah. I, no, no one hates going for it on fourth down more than Chris Sims. <laughs> we know we've established that. Uh, but you've often said and last year you complimented the New York Giants, your New York Giants, yeah. for knowing who they were. Right? right? They're an offensively challenged team. They're a team that should play through their defense. You know, you know, manage the game. Yeah. The Lions are the complete opposite yes, they are. of what the Giants were. That's they right. are a team that will let teams go up and down the field, as we just saw right. in this game. Right. But they have an elite offense. And so if that's the case, I made the argument to you, maybe it should be the opposite. Maybe these, you know, go for it on fourth down. And I think that is their philosophy, too. I think it is, too. Is I, think that, I hear you. Like, let's apply a pressure with you with our best unit of our football yes. team, which is our offense. And we're never going to let you have a take a breath. Yes. Right? Yep. It's, it's, it's going to be four downs against us. Well, you better watch out. It's almost like the advantage Philly has, where it's like if Philly gets eight yards on the first three downs, it's like, well, they have a fourth because here comes the tush push. Right, you guys are a little different. You don't have the tush push, but it's like they got three downs, and if you get like to fourth and three or less, this crazy fucker that's your head coach, he's going to be like, oh, let's go it. Let's we'll go it. for it. I just had another cup of coffee. Let's go for it. We'll throw it to Taylor Decker. <laughs> we'll do anything. <laughs> right. Yeah. So that's where I, I, I do understand that logic and playing through the strength of your football team and putting pressure on a team through that. And I think that's what there is, their philosophy is, Ahmed. I think they know that. I think they know their defense isn't that great. So we're going to outscore people, and we're just going to keep attacking with our offense and hope to win the football game that way. Uh, Jared Goff made a lot of big throws. Pass game was great. And like you said, you know the Rams – they did a good job managing the run game of the Lions. For I mean, sure. early on, it was kind of like they was like, oh, man, they're five men front, and they're still getting blown out. But they figured it out as it went along, and they certainly slowed down Detroit's offense. But Detroit just made enough plays in the big moments and situational football really looked like, and that's the reason they won the football game. Very even, even football game. A lot of fun to watch. Amiri Jet said, damn okay, Ahmed, working on the desk at NBC, which he is great at. And thank you very much, Amiri Jet. And now can't even get a break to watch staff. Stafford versus the Lions Bowl. Love you guys. Uh, Amiri, we were watching, as you just saw. We were watching. He was the game. watching. I was watching it, but I'm a professional. Yeah, here. and, and Amiri, Amiri Jets, don't worry. I mean, we got this stuff now. We got NFL Game Pass, all this. He can watch this back. shit again, I okay, will. and relive it. Play by play. You can have a triple header tomorrow. You can go, <laughs> let me watch the Lions Rams again and then oh, go to the regular call. two games. That's a great, that's right? exactly what I'm going to do. So there you go. You can act son. like it's new, and I'll call in every now and then and just be like, hey, are the fucking Rams winning yet? <laughs> just to annoy you like I did today. So this is what I was saying coming into the building today. It's like people are like, how are you feeling with the Lions? And Lions fans should always be nervous. But I was like, you know what? I feel pretty good. Yeah. I, and, I, and I said, I feel like the Lions can I, – I would pick the Lions against any team except the 49ers in the NFC right now. Yeah, yeah. Really. I, I hear that. Like, right? I hear that. They almost beat the Cowboys in Dallas. No doubt about it. I, th- I think you might have beat the, the, the third best team in the NFC tonight. Yeah. I mean, honestly – I'm not so sure. This is one of the hotter teams in all of football coming to the playoffs. Yeah. I, I mean, what? I mean, the Bucks defense and the Eagles defense versus your fucking offense? I, they'll never stop you guys. Never. So, yeah, I'm with you there. And with as creative as your offensive coordinator is and as good as your O-line is, 
and the, the fact that Goff is aggressive and the passing game is aggressive, you'll be a pain in the ass for the, the, the 49ers defense. They don't want to blitz. They want to stop the run, but they can't go all in on stopping the run against this crew and the play-action pass, so that'll be scary. They're a better team. We know that. Uh, but here, I got an update for you too, okay? Um, I got a group text here. It is from Devin McCourty and Mike Florio. Yeah. And Florio texted, congrats, Ahmed. Suck it, Sims. And then McCourty's <laughs> got like three laughing emojis underneath That's that. Great. Okay. So they were rooting for That's you. Great. There you are. You're in there still. You uh, see it now. I'm going to do, do a live photo of us right now on yep. the pod. What's up? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Sending that to them right now. They are getting that as there we, we go. speak right now. Uh, okay. Okay. Well, I'm, we're going to talk about the Lions the whole pod on Wednesday. Here. You're right. I'm going to go back and watch the whole thing tomorrow with my son. Pukunukua needs credit oh here. Oh, my gosh. Is he Because insane? he made so many great catches down the field. He yeah. took a beating in a this beating. one, too. And that's part of your problem with him, too. You think he takes too much of a beating. Yes. He should get down or right. out of bounds. Right. 181 receiving yards, most in a playoff game by a rookie in NFL history. Yeah, he's just rewriting the record book for rookies. I mean, incredible. And, you know, the size, the strength, the speed that he has for somebody as big as he is is crazy he is the new number one target in LA right you heard me say that a few weeks ago when I watched the Rams I said it right here on the pod I said Puka's the number one target they called the offense through Puka Nakua now and then Cooper Cup's the second option which it should be this guy's a, a special football player you know, and he fits what they want to do. They run the ball. He's a blocking receiver. He ain't afraid to go over the middle, play action passes, and, of course, has enough speed on the outside to make some big plays as well, right? And, yeah, they force-fed him the ball tonight. And it looked like, I think even at the end when it was the third and 14s and all that for the Rams, it was a, he was still firing the ball to Puka Naku into tight coverage, and he was taking big hits or whatever else. But, um, hey, this Rams team, you know, I know you'll put them to to death on Wednesday. Oh, that's right. Right, oh, but sorry, I feel bad about uh, they they should be proud about the way their year ended, how they played, and what the future could look like. I mean, they got money to spend, right? They got a lot of young players. Stafford's they, awesome too. Stafford's got, still he's thirty five. I did kind of wonder coming into this year. I was like, man, he's been beat up a lot. He didn't he get got beat up in this. He game. got beat up tonight, but he, as a totality this year. It was a win for Stafford. I think he so. got a little beat up early in the year, but other than that, it was pretty good. And they got an O-line there for the first time in his time there as well. They protected very well yeah. tonight. So they can do that. The running back's a superstar. Puka and Cooper Cup will still be there. Hunter Higby will still be there, even though he might not be 100% to start the next year according to however his injury plays out here. And then, you know, they're going to go out. And this this year, this will be the first time in three years where they're going to be a play, they're going to be a player in free agency. It's the first year that they've had some money to play with here, so that'll be interesting to watch. All right, here's the schedule. Lay it out for us, Ahmed. So we, we, it is confirmed now. We will be in Detroit. Okay. We've got either the Bucks and Eagles. So, so that's the early, the early game on Sunday. Game. Okay. The late game on Sunday is going to be there. Look, a lot of options there, it looked like. That's the hard one. Saturday night, we yeah. know it's going to be Packers and 49ers. Right. That one we know for sure. Right. And so then I guess that early one Saturday is still up for Well, the Saturday the early one has got to be – oh, yeah. It has to be the Texans, whoever they're at. Texans early. Right. They can't play the Texans they can't make Saturday, the Bills yeah. play yeah. Monday and Saturday, right? So yes. that that whoever plays wins the Bills Steelers game is going to Sunday. So Matt, we'll be in Detroit then? Yeah. Oh my gosh. We're definitely going to Detroit. We're going yeah. to Detroit. Right, do I get to go? Are we taking me too? I hope Matt? not. Uh, they haven't no no confirmation <laughs> yet. 
Uh, TBD on that. Um, oh, that'll be cool. Right. Oh, my gosh. We started the year Can we in Kansas it? City with Detroit. That's right. We're going to end the year in Detroit. Oh, that'll be gosh. cool. Okay, we'll see. I don't know if I can handle that. Time for one more game. Give me the headlines. Presented by Hyundai, the final game, and that game was the first game. The Houston Texans defended their home turf against the Cleveland Browns. Not just defended it. They dominated. 45-14 was the final score. Your headline for this game is? The Stroud Pleaser. Oh, my God. That's a good one. The Stroudinator. I mean, whatever you want to say. Anything with the word Stroud in it sounds good. But the Stroud Pleaser is what we're going with. All right? That's us hot off the printing press because he is pleasing all Houston Texans fans because they have a unbelievable superstar quarterback. Yes. Who, like, as you've heard me say all year, I've never seen anything like it. The story continues. And then to do that against the number one defense in football this year and just absolutely shred them and tear them apart with C.J. Stroud big throws was incredible. I'm, I, I, I'm, I, I, like, I don't want to overstate this, right? I, I don't want to be a prisoner of the moment, but I really feel this, okay? He's, like, arguably one of the five best quarterbacks in football already. Well, that, that's how I feel about it. I mean, he is incredible. The way he sees the field, the playmaking ability, even though it's maybe not as, like, oh, like Allen or Mahomes, it's more within the – in the – you know, in the pocket between the hashes, but he's still the movement. It's more like Joe Burrow, as I would say, slippery son of a bitch, right? Yeah. Where you're just like, damn, he's just sliding and moving and finding a little place to throw the football. And then his release, the quickest in football, and then he can just throw any ball he wants, any way he wants, and he puts it on the money. And that's where I just look at it, and I know I'm making a, a bold statement there, but it, it's around top five-ish already for football. He is. We are watching a young superstar about to take over the league at quarterback. So how how did how did this happen? Because what Peyton Manning threw a billion interceptions his first year, and he was Peyton Manning. Yeah. Right. We, this this should not happen. Yeah. So clearly he's very talented. Yep. Yes. Yep. What else is going on? Here? I think that the offense brought him along the right way. Right. Early in the year, it wasn't like the training wheels were on. I don't want to say that, but they protected him. They probably ran the ball a little more than they should. You know, kept tight ends in the block. Let's play play action pass. Slowly they started to put more and more on his plate. And then I think really what happens is it was the ultimate marriage of quarterback and system, right? You know, where it was like, wait, this system likes to play action pass and, you know, either throw little lasers over the middle or be aggressive and throw the ball down the field. And he's like, I can do both of those. I can get it out as quick as anybody in the game on those little Shanahan quick throws we see over the middle to Debo Samuel he can do that or he can go hey wait Shanahan you don't have a quarterback like this but Bobby Slowick he's got me so he can draw up some of these plays you'd like to call and I can throw in the 20 yard out route like it's nothing like I could just walk it there all the time 25 yard in cut on the money Go route up the sideline on a wheel route. I'm running in the pocket, and I jump, and I throw it on the money. I mean, you know, I I can roll out right off the play-action pass, and the tight end is supposed to run the corner route all the time on that route. Now he runs across the field. I'm good enough, Coach. You can call that play. I can throw it 50 yards across the field. No big deal for me. Hmm. That's where it kind of all worked, and it's just continued to grow and grow and grow, and I think D'Amico Ryans and Bobby Slowick have figured out how to play – team complimentary football 
and what makes sense for them, as we talk about with a lot of teams. And they know who they are, and they own it. Uh, Anastasia026 says, CJ Stroud, damn, uh, beyond damn okay. Yeah, this guy right. is unbelievable, cool, calm, collected against the best defense in the NFL. In his first ever playoff game, it was awesome watching him in person. Oh, was there in person Ooh, way to, go. to watch it. Uh, Stroud completed seven of eight passes under pressure for 118 yards, was not sacked per next-gen stats. And that was the question, right? Miles Garrett has not looked as explosive lately. But they did still get some pressure on him, and when they did, he did well. Had the shoulder peck thing about the third Miles to last Garrett. week of the year, Miles Garrett, right? And they did not look quite as dominant down the stretch, right? Um, I mean, with like with CJ Stroud's performance, it's almost like you got to go like, forget damn okay. It's just like we got to rename it and just be like, holy shit, like holy crap, Ola, like what yeah. the fuck is this guy, yeah. right? I mean, it's it's incredible. Um, do you really think you'll put him in the top five? I, I He's dancing around there. He is dancing around there for me. I mean, off the top of my head, yes, he's he's up there in that convo. You know, now, again, I, you know, he might end up being seven, but I'm just, you know, he's in the deserves to be in that combo. I, I will say that. You know, I, 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 you know, you know me. I think the top three are still the top three. You're gonna have a, you're gonna have, but some I have some juggling to do because you get past that. CJ's and Jordan loves like lines. There's some guys basically that the are, same exactly in the first playoff game. So this is here's what the, they are both 16 to 21. Stroud had two more yards. The passing, the quarterback rating was identical, and yeah, both teams scored like f- mid 40s. And <laughs> yeah, no doubt. And That's they crazy. don't dink and dunk. They attack down the field. And as we started off the pod, it's the same thing, and now we're going to get back to it. It, it. Both played defenses that are way over aggressive, and they were like, That's, yes. wait. All I got to do is I don't have to read a coverage all game. It's just going to be man-to-man. See, that's the other thing, too, where some of these defensive coordinators, are, they're just they're meatheads. I don't know what I'm going to say. They're stupid. I don't, I, I don't mean to say stupid, but their, their approach and what they're thinking are is going to confuse the quarterback is wrong at times. We're going to pressure them. We're going to play man-to-man. We're going to make this rookie make plays. When I was a rookie and people did that, I was like, I was like thank God. I know it's a blitz. I know it's man-to-man. I don't have to read anything, Right. I was more like when I was young, I was like, damn, I can't tell this. what zone is this? What's the safety doing? I don't I don't I can't tell if this guy's blitzing over here. Is he bluffing me? Whatever. But like the Browns and the Cowboys are just like, we're blitzing. It's man to man. That's it. End of discussion. And it's like, okay, good. Okay. Oh, I got a stud over here. I'm gonna carve you up with him. I don't care. Man to man, do you think I care about oh, I gotta throw the ball against man to man? Like great quarterbacks don't care about that. They, don't, they, they think they can hit anything anywhere. So they're not like, oh, gosh, they're going to make me throw into a tight window today? Mm-hmm. Do you think Tom Brady ever fucking said that in his life? He was like, wait, is there a window or not? Oh, there's a window? I can get it in there. Great. So that's where they mess up in that department. And, you know, we, we've hit on this before. The team that loses the first matchup goes back to the drawing board and goes, we can't play that way again. we got to change it up, right? And the team that won the first matchup, they're watching the film going, man, everything we did was perfect. It worked great. I don't want to mess up the – I don't want to change the game plan too much. I don't want to do that. And you heard me in the pregame, mm-hmm. and I wish I would have emphasized this more. I said, Cleveland, come out and be conservative. Get a feel for the game. Because Stroud and them attack all year long throwing the ball. Slow it comes from 49ers, Shanahanville, which is like if they know what you're doing, they have no fear and they'll call any play in the playbook, right? And that's what we saw. So they made some adjustments, kept the tight end in the block, and then they knew 
Cleveland's going to play man. They're going to do it. So we're going to use it against them. And like the Packers had a lot of plays that were basically like, we know you're going to overplay this to such a point because we do this a lot that we're going to have something off of it and you're not going to be there. And that was really kind of the theme of the night throughout yeah. and throughout. Here's the Nico Collins touchdown, the little screen. Good yeah. run after the catch. Right. And watch how it goes again here. So it's like, oh, we've seen them run this little inside zone, outside zone play, excuse me, all the time. And as you watch this restack and go again, watch how the front seven, the linebackers, let it play now. They all fast flow with the motion of the play. Look at the backside linebacker. He's crossed the center already. So this is the shit they saw, and they went, wait, we got to use some of our bread-and-butter plays against them. They, they overplayed it so much in the first matchup that – we got some stuff here if we can just call and have a new wrinkle to it that they won't be able to defend it. And that was kind of the theme of the night to me. That was such a great point by you and Devin, too, is that that can get into your brain. If you've won the game, you're just like, we'll, we'll do the We're same thing do that we, we did do. before where the right. other team's completely thinking the opposite. And then they're going to adjust in the second half, and they kept doing it. What did they do? What, what happened on the Brevin Jordan 76-yard touchdown? How did they open that one up? Another great play. Same type of thing. And we'll watch it re-rack here. Next-gen stats. I love these dots running. Here's the 75-yard touchdown go, up go. the sideline. Line, right? It's a fast dot. Yeah, and hey, Brevin Jordan, he's a good little player. Right. But here we go. Pause it real quick, okay? So, running set, right? It's Bobby Slowick, the Texans. They're usually pretty patient with the run, right? It's from the 49ers and Shanahan. They like to run the ball, okay? Here you see it's, it's nine guys within three yards of the line of scrimmage for the Cleveland Browns. They're going to fake the run to the left and boot to the right. And what they do with nine is they keep him into block at first. But they know, again, Cleveland is so aggressive that when a guy blocks in a pass play, the guy who's covering him goes, they tell him what we would call green dog, green dog, fast fill, whatever you want to say, to where, hey, he's blocking, fuck sitting there waiting for him to go out and around now, go get the quarterback, run in there. So you're going to see, watch number six on number nine. Mm-hmm. He gets got to play, Petey blocks, he's getting blocked by number nine, he stays with him. He stays. He's like, okay, he's blocking me. Here comes the boot. I'm going to get rid of this guy and go tackle the quarterback. He's trying to block me now. I'm going to become a pass rusher, right? And now six leaves number nine, and this play was all just for this. It's all it was. It's all window dressing because they knew they were going to get this. Hey, block him for a three count, then let him go. He'll rush upfield. You just throw it over his head for five yards, and then there's going to be nobody there. And again, that was another example of using their over-aggressiveness against them. And almost every big pass play you heard me yesterday in the game, I was going, they're just, the reverses they did were off their good runs. They're going to fast flow to the run. Let's run a reverse. It was just, it was all that all day long. So you've talked about this Browns defense as being, what, 2015 Broncos. You said they could win the Super Bowl just through this defense. If Joe Flacco didn't mess it up, he messed it up in this game. He messed it up. The defense messed it up too, though. So so they did. So so what was it? Was it that other teams just did not think of doing this, or did they play significantly more poorly in this game than they showed the rest of the year? No, I don't think some of the other teams – you know, have this quarterback have the ability to throw the ball down the field to this capacity, and then this Bobby Slovak's real, so he's willing to think outside the box and go. Let me think of a few things, and that's what we always talk about too. And I don't know why it's so pronounced in the NFL, but once coaches get put in a, hey, you're asking go home if you lose this week, 
These are guys that are usually conservative by nature. Hey, I like what I like. I do what I do. This is what I want. I want to just stay here. We've only coached this. I don't want to try that new. Our guys haven't repped it that much. I don't know if they won't mess it up, whatever, right? That's how coaches are. All of a sudden, they get in these scenarios, and they're like, I, we haven't ever practiced this play, this, but the, we can't win this game this week unless we, we fucking run a few new plays and, and gash them, or we're going home, right? And that's what happens, and I think that's generally what happened all, all together. And they started to sit there, they're watching all week, and they're going, we got to do some curveballs off our normal fastball stuff because they're all over that. And I think that's where they really took advantage of them. But that's where... I know I was on Joe Flacco running it all year. I've been on all of it, though. It doesn't need to, even the defense. I know I haven't ran into it like Flacco where I'm saying ran it in, but I even with them, as much as I love it, I was still having points of the year that I said on PFT and Hero. I said not every play has to be go for the five-yard loss. Not every play has to go for what squash them so they get nothing, right? You know, every now and then you got to go, wait, this formation, this might give us a problem here. Let's be a little more conservative. If they get the five-yard gain, that's fine, but we're not going to give up the 85-yard touchdown pass. And to me, there was no garter rail for that with them, let alone the same thing on the offensive side of the ball with Joe Flacco. And, yeah, you laughed and made fun of me, and all everybody has rain it in, rain it in, rain it in. But yeah. what I was worried about, to me, the play of the game, the moment of the game was 24-14, and the Browns were in field goal range, and Flacco got, was going to get sacked, and he just threw the fucking ball up, and it became the 82-yard interception return, and that ended the game. Cleveland was still in the fight at that point. Kicked the field goal. It's 24-17. Maybe your defense can make a play. But instead, they tried to win it on one play, and like you always hear me say, you can't win it on this play, but you can lose it, and they fucking lost it. They tried to lose it on this play and then the next play after that. Oh, the next play after that. Exactly right. Uh, We have the dots for the 82-yard interception return. Do we, Pete? Do we have that just so we can uh, hammer home the point? So Pete's getting that. Derek Stingley was very good. Derek Stingley was good. Steven Nelson was good. Steven Nelson will show the interception. The pass rushers made a difference. Will Anderson, seven pressures, was awesome in this one. Right. Uh, Amari Cooper was nowhere near 100%. No That hurt them. Nowhere. Right. So here's the dots for it, Chris. Yeah, and and you're going to see here, Flacco's going to look to his left, and Elijah Moore on the left side here is running a slant and go. So he wants a double move. And this is where Flacco can be a little crazy. So as you let it go, he's got pressure. He knows he has the double move open for a touchdown. It's open. He's got it. But he's got somebody hanging on his legs, but he's still like Joe Flacco. Like, I'm going to throw it and get it there. And he can't get it there. And it gets picked, and it's see you later. And, yeah, that, that is to me where they were just a little too reckless, uh, not conservative enough that way, not playing the right way to what their football team is, right? And I think that ultimately is what came back to, to kind of bite them in the butt in this Chris one. Machine 4 says, very disappointed Browns fan here. Between us and the Cowboys, who both had a top five EPA expected points added defense, are we officially out on the defense wins championships era? From my point of view, I would say, no, you just ran into C.J. Stroud and Jordan Love playing at a very high level. Yeah, I, I don't think we're out of the defense wins championships era. It's not maybe as prevalent as it was once, you know, 20 years ago. I think that was really something you could certainly say. Right? We see it less now. But, you know, the, the Patriots had a good blend of good defense a lot of those years, right? You know, we just talked about the 2015 Broncos, certainly, right? The 49ers are a team that have had a top five defense, and they're going, you know, been deep in the playoffs. And, hey, the Ravens are the best team in football, too. To me, it's defense can win championships, but you can't just play the same defense all game. That's the problem. That's what I would say. 
That, to me, would be the difference between the defenses that won the Super Bowl the last few years had a lot of different variety, had like, oh, wait, this team could attack our man-to-man. we got to be able to do something else. The Bucks, they adjusted. Oh, well, we're playing Kansas City. I like the blitz and play man-to-man, Todd Bowles, but I'm not against Tyreek Gill and Patrick Mahomes. We're going to play cover two that night. Oh, we won the Super Bowl. So, you know, defense is still very important. We, we know that. Um, but you got to be multiple on that side of the ball. Yeah. And that's where I look at, like, Buffalo, Baltimore, the 49ers. You know, there's just more things they can go to in their playbook as compared to maybe the Cowboys and Browns that are always like, let's blitz, let's play man-to-man. And that just becomes too predictable at some point. Pete would like to finish this by thanking... O Greg 001 for inspiring him and the Texans to take $20 off of Chris Sims. Do I owe Gr- O Greg 21 of I don't 22? Think t- I don't think he officially took the bet. You I just, just owe him. Pete. Yeah, okay. because he was like, ah, I'm just messing with you. Uh, but Pete was like, I'll take the bet if you hey, want to take well, it. Well, at O Greg 001, you, you, you were right. I mean, yeah. he said a lot of things. CJ Stroud throwing the ball, Brown's defense on the road. On the Not road. the same, Flacco right? Flacco on the road. Right. Yeah. yeah, so good. Good for you. Way to teach unbuttoned uh, how to do a football podcast. We'll and, send you a t-shirt whenever we And I don't one. like you because now i got to give $20 to fucking Pete. Okay, yeah. I like you for your help to the podcast, yeah. but I don't like Pete that much, and now i got to give him $20. You would have rather given it to O Greg I would have. That's where I keep going back to it. I'm like, Greg, I'll, I'll ship you it. I'll give you 40 just to yeah. not give Pete 20 <laughs> I really would, but too late now, and now I'm stuck, and Pete's I'll give Pete his 20 here in a few He's minutes. Spent it. Uh, that was Give Me the Headlines presented by Hyundai. We close the book on Hyundai, and the final thoughts on the final two games, uh, Eagles at Bucks, Steelers at Bills. You gave your picks on the picks pod. Now, the one game that is a little bit different, uh, you didn't know A.J. Brown was going to be out for the Eagles. I He's out. I sure he'd play, right. So does that change your I'm pick I'm going to still game? stay with the Eagles. Okay. I, I'm scared. I, I don't remember having a wild card weekend. Where I'm like, you go back in my history and look at my playoff picks, I'm usually pretty spot on. This was the, one of the first wild card weekends where I was like, like both games today, I was like, I'm kind of toss up, like with both of them. I don't know which one to pick, right? You know, I was a little that way last night. I thought the Dolphins would keep it closer with Kansas City, mm-hmm. right? And, and the Bucks eagles game is what I'm saying is I have that same feeling where I go, I don't know. I'm going to go with the Eagles pedigree and that's just the more talented football team. But I'm scared, and I clearly like the Bills. I do like the Bills, that's for sure. That's one I feel confident about. But, I mean, we know Steelers, playoff football, strip sack fumble, Allen doing something stupid. Elements, and that too. Game, elements, and the, the, that game could change in a hurry. Uh, but, yeah, I like the Bills to win. You know, kind of control the game in an ugly fashion. And I like the Eagles. I think I had like a 27-24. You know, I think you will see some big plays out of both offenses in this football game. And I think we want Eagles. Eagles-Lions in Detroit. That's got a little more pizzazz I, for I, sure. I would, I would agree with that. I think you're, you're right, too. It's a, it's a better matchup for TV viewing purposes. Yeah. The Eagles, the ex-Super Bowl team from the NFC coming into town trying to upset your chance to go to the Super Bowl and the 49ers and all that. I, I, I'm with you there. Yeah, although Pete says Baker versus Goff, two casts off. Oh. So you could have the castaway thing. And that rhyme, that was very good of you. I know, right? Baker versus Goff, two casts off. Two casts off. Yeah, that oh, was wow. very That's well right. done. I'll, I'll, put that, I'll put that into the requiem. Yep. Uh, all right, we did it. I uh, I think I'm sweating. Yeah, you are. I, I was going to call you out when you raised your arms when the wind happened, but yep, there's your sweaty wow. pits. I mean, you sweat That's through. A true fan. You sweat through a thick t-shirt and a thick hoodie. 
I don't That's always do that sweat. anymore. I don't, but I did tonight. Yeah, <laughs> he was nervous. Jared Goff driving late was nervous. Yeah. All right, everybody, you know where to find us. Thanks for listening. Subscribe, rate, review. Uh, Wednesday, we'll be back to break things down for the the matchups next weekend and talk a little bit more about what the fuck happened this weekend. Uh, send your tweets. We love the interaction. Ahmed, congratulations. Congratulations, congratulations to the Lions. And, damn, I mean, you must feel like football royalty. Michigan, Detroit, it's, it's a all good going good. It's almost too. What, what's wow. going to happen here? Yeah, wow. it's been a great year so far. Way to go. Way to go. Good job in the state of Michigan. You guys are kicking butt in the football world. All right, we'll see you Wednesday. Peace out. Clap it up. Clap it up. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.